If you haven't listened to the message last week, I want to encourage you to. It was a word from the Lord. Um, it is challenging. It is helpful. Um, I want to shore one thing up. So for those of you that were here and took that in, um, I want to bring one point of clarity before we dive into this morning's message, and, and that was this. The context of what was shared last week is, is a matter of doctrines. And, and Alex, I thank you for bringing this to, to my attention. It's a matter of doctrines, right? So food sacrifice to idols was, was Paul addressing the Jewish dietary law, okay? So, so here's what I want to draw out, and we'll do this very, very quickly, but please hear me, it's important. When we're talking about essentials and non-essentials, when we're talking about matters to, to flex and not be dogmatic on and those kinds of things, it's a matter of, of doctrine. It's a matter of, of what this book speaks to. It's not a matter of your preference or your opinion, right? That was not an invitation to, to get dogmatic about opinions, nor expect someone to bow to your every opinion or preference. Do you guys receive that? Yeah. All right, so... Father, in the name of Jesus, give us wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of who you are. Open our eyes. Help us to see what we don't have the ability to see on our own. We know where help comes from. We lean in. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Are you ready? So, so the root of last week, this is not a part two, but the root of last week was, was this. It's all about people. Right? So when we're talking about laying down our rights and laying down these non-essential doctrines, the reason and the motivation for doing that is because it's more about the person than the thing that we're fighting for. And so I really want to continue today with, with this, it's all about people and loving people, um, truth. I want to read something to you that tradition says, and I don't have a name to, to put on this, but tradition says it. Um, and so you can find it on Google, and this is what I read. Um, tradition says that the Apostle John continued preaching even when so enfeebled with age as to be obliged to be carried into the assembly. Picture that. Carried into the assembly, not being able to deliver any long discourse, his custom was to say in every meeting, my dear children, love one another. Beautiful, right? Is that a good start? That's what we're going to talk about today. Loving, loving one another. And, and, and what I really want to do and what I really feel led of the Lord to do is, is just inspire our love walk a little bit because it gets difficult. It gets challenging. We get tired. These arms get weak, lifting that love weight. Would you agree? Is that just me? I never have any trouble loving you, but I'm sure at times it's hard for you to, to love me. Yeah? Nobody's going to agree with that? Okay. All right. All right. That's fair. So, so let, me, let, me start out with a, let me start out with a question. Why do you love people? Why do you love people? Because God loved me. Thank you, Lord, for someone who will talk to me. Talk to me. Let me hear. Thank you, Lord, for honesty and transparency. <laughs> we would never expect anything less from our pastor. Right? 
let's, let's, we'll, we'll, we, we may come back to that, but I'm going to move, I'm going to move for the moment because, um, because I, I, I love those, I love those two responses. Why do you love people? Because God does. Why do, why do you love people? Because, because I have to, because God commands it and, and demands it and, and invites us in to it. And so we can see that in Matthew 22, 37 through 41. It's going to be our first scripture, and this is in response to, um, to a man coming to, to Jesus and saying, uh, what's, the, what's, the, what's the greatest commandment? And, and this is what he says. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And so those are, those are, those are about two of the, the, the common responses and my responses that I wrote down. Like, Brandon, why do, you, why do you love people? And let me say this out of the gate because, because the Lord's going to speak to some people right here today. You were not excluded from this conversation. So when I'm talking about loving people, you are. What are you saying, Brandon? I'm talking about loving yourself as well. This is, this is not me to everyone else only. This is loving myself. This is loving, loving yourself. And, and the scripture speaks to that pretty specifically right here. And so, so, Father, I love people because you tell me to. I have to. This is because you're worth following. And, and when you say do it, you're worth my yes. No matter how difficult, Right? No matter, no matter how I feel, no matter, no matter how much I get hurt, I'm not going to build on, on, on feelings. I'm going to build on, on truth, right? Now, let me say this, because there's a lot of mess in our culture about what it looks like to love. Ooey, gooey, emotional, feely, yes all the time, love. You guys don't know how much this is blessing Pastor's, Pastor Alex's ears to hear this coming out of my mouth. This is what it means to love someone. Posture yourself toward them in the same way God does. Okay? You could write that definition down for love and, and, and it would help you. Brandon, what does it look like to love someone? What does it look like to love myself? Posture myself toward that person the same way the Father postures himself. That's what it looks like. Do you guys agree? Okay, still with me. Good. So, so Matthew twenty two thirty seven. We 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 love people because because God tells us to. <laughs> and in the first part of the commandment, we're loving Him. The second part of the commandment, we're loving others. Now, now listen. I know that there's those of us in the room. We have a very difficult time loving the Father. Because because our image of the Father has been so so decimated. It's been so twisted. It's been so abused. And so the Lord, in, in his kindness, and he's so faithful in this process to undo these lies and to heal the brokenhearted and to reshape and, and reform and, and transform and, and bring beauty from ashes. And, 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 and he does all that. For many of us, you're, you're more like me. In my story, I had a good father. He, he took care of me. He demonstrated the character and nature of God well to me. And, and I thank God for that. So, so it's, it's not difficult. I don't have a lot to work through to, to love the Father God. Loving you, much more difficult. <laughs> right? Much more difficult. Why? 
It's not difficult to love him because he's perfect. He's unfailing. He, he never changes. He doesn't disappoint. He doesn't go back on his word. But, but you and I, we do all those things. Right? And so this, this love God piece, like, yeah. This love people piece, ugh. hard. It's hard, right? That's why we need to be encouraged. That's why we need to be inspired. Because it gets difficult because the Father has asked us to love brokenness. He's asked us to, to unite ourselves to, to people that are broken. And, and once we see, like, oh, that's the plan from the beginning, we can gain courage. There's, there's another thought of, initial thought of why do I love people, and that is because if I don't, I'm in trouble. And that's over in 1 John. So 1 John, 1 John uh, chapter 4, verse 20. We'll read that together. <clears throat> if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? I'm going to throw a quick, quick submission arrow in, in right here because it's important, and, and there's probably more to come on this in the future, but, but just hear me say this. Submission works the same way. And so, so if the Father says, if you can't love the people you see right in front of you, you, you can't love me. The same rings true for submission. If we think we're submitted to God, but we're unwilling to submit to, to man and each other, we're, we're fooled there. We're deceived there. And so, so that's, that's, all I'm gonna, that's all I'm gonna deliver right there, but spend time on that. Ask the Lord about that, because that's very important. And so, so I love God because he tells me to, and I love God because essentially right here he says, if I, if, or I love people because if, if I don't love people, I don't, I don't love him. You guys hear that? You see that in the word? We're solid there. These are, these are some of those non-essentials, or these are some of those essentials, rather, that we're talking about. We can't really flex right here. This is, this is, this is truth, like it or not, as much as you want that, that, that rock to be a bunny, that rock's still a rock, right? This is, this is truth. But I, I, really, I really want to, to expand on that this morning. Not, not, not do something in place of what we open with, but just say, oh, there's so much more. There's, 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 there's so much more for you, for me. Than, than God tells me to. There's so much more than, than, than I have to. And, and I, I'm walking this process of the Lord expanding my heart to, to love people to include myself. And it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful walk. And so in the next 20 minutes, that's what I wanna just spend, spend time just sharing some things uh, in, that, in that love walk just to, just to encourage, just to encourage you. Think Think about the parent who says, uh, hey, 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 son, do this. Why, dad? Because I told you. Because I told you to. Right? If we only live in, because God tells me to, because I have to, then, then that's all the conversation. But, but as the child grows, the father more and more says, let me, let me show you why. Let me show you, right? Not catering to a rebellion, but catering to, dad, I want to I wanna know. I want to understand. I want to I wanna see more. Let me, let me show you 
what's, what's behind this? Because what you realize is that as that son grows, as soon as he gets out from underneath your, your covering, he's gonna be his own man. And if all he has to stand on is, because dad told me so, it won't last, right? But if he understands heart, if he can grasp that and that why and all the behind the scenes, then he can, then he can stand. And so that's what we're talking about. I wanna tell you guys a story from from West Stanley Christian Ministries. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I, I, I work out there full time and, and, and work alongside Robert Britt. Robert Britt, I love you. I love you. And I just want to honor the man of God that you are. Incredible. And, 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 and so I've been out there just shy of four years, and, 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 and one of the things I help with is, is we do crisis assistance. And so I, I meet with families and go through our process and, and listen to them and, and love them and share the word of God with them. And, and, we, and, we, and we meet needs, foods, clothes, financial you know, assistance, and, and more. And, and one of the things that I noticed when I really started to get into these meetings was as soon as people would hit my door, I would judge them. As soon as people would walk through my door, I would judge them. And, and not heaven or hell type judgment, right? Like I, <laughs> I have enough sense not to, not to go there. But I would make assumptions that I knew more of their story than I, than I did because I really knew none of their story. Bless you, Lord. I really knew none of their story. And so, but they would walk through and I would immediately start making all these assumptions that, ah, you're, you're in this place because of this bad decision, this bad decision, and this bad decision. That's what I mean. Are you guys following? Right? You ever do that with people? No? Just me? And, and, and so the father tenderly, so tenderly, Michael, corrected me. And this is how he did it. As for a period of time, as soon as people would hit the door, he would say, I love them, Brandon. Just like that. They would walk through the door and he would say, I love them, Brandon. And it was, it was so overwhelming to me. And it, it just captured me, heart, heart and mind, to such a degree where, where, where something shifted in me and all of a sudden I had, I had a, a different eyes, not just to see their brokenness, not just to see their mistakes, right? Not just to look for what may have brought them to this disaster of a place that they find themselves in, but, but I was much more captured by, oh my goodness, I can't believe how much you love them. Right here, right now, in this moment, you, you love them. And so I... I, I let my mind go there and, 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 and let that overshadow some of the other things. Not to be ignored, just what takes center. And the love of God took center. And eventually, he stopped saying it. And then I trained myself to, as soon as they hit the door, say, you love them so much. So much. You love them, God, and then, and then ministered from that place. That's what I'm talking about. I want to inspire your love walk today. I want to encourage your love walk today, and, and so much of it is, is being intentional about connecting to the love of God for people that we sang this morning, and you opened up with every person, every person has the character and nature and the image of God imprinted on them, and, and our sister who brought that word of prophecy, beautiful. Don't think little of yourselves. Don't think less of yourselves. You're great. You're great. Your value is great. You're, you're loved by God. I love John saying, consider what manner of love 
the Father who's poured out, who's bestowed on us, that we should be called children of, of God. And so, so you let your mind go to, oh my goodness, you're, you're looking at this person and, and, and your thoughts toward them for good are really more in number than the sand of the seas to, to quote Psalm 139. Wow, that's a game changer. That can change the way that I see this person that I'm sitting across the desk from. That can change the way that I see the body of believers in this church that, that I get to do life with. That can change the way that I, I see the person I'm engaging at prayer or in a thrive group or in a, in a, in a, in a singles or a men's or a women's ministry. That can, that can change when you start seeing that kind of value. There's so much opportunity for it to become so much more than I have to. You hear that? You see that? And so, and so, so the father is just walking me through this, this, this how he loves people, and, and he takes me to this place, right? <clears throat> Let me walk you through it. How much is this coffee cup worth? Come on, talk to me. $15. That's, that was confident, like, like Kim, Kim may have bought this thing for $15 on Amazon. $15, right? <clears throat> if someone walks through the front door right now and says, Brandon, I'll give you $500 for this coffee cup, puts five $100 bills on the table here, picks up my coffee cup with my water in it, you guys would have to get me another one, and, and walks out, how much is that coffee cup worth? $500. You got it. You got it. You want to change your life. Get up every day. Look at yourself in the mirror and say, you are worth the life of God himself. You are worth the blood of Jesus. You are worth him leaving heaven. And, and then look at your neighbor and do that same thing. Karen, worth the life of God himself. Rachel, worth the life of, of God himself. Sheikah, worth the life of God himself. Richard Allen, worth the life of God himself. Maureen, worth the life of God himself. And it will empower this love walk. It will encourage this love walk. <clears throat> it will move us, and, and I feel like I talk about this a lot, but it's so important. It will move us from this place of, of, of have to to get to. Do we have to? Absolutely, we have to, right? But there's a, there's a higher, there's a higher place <laughs> worth the life of God himself, right? And so keep the love of the Father in mind. Keep, keep the worth of, of the individual in mind because it's determined by what someone is willing to pay. And what's been paid is Jesus himself. You know, we, we think about this um, people in, in the plan of God. And I mentioned this last week. I, I meet folks all the time that, that will say, Brandon, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian, right? Would anyone join me in, in saying like, yeah, I've been there before? Nobody? Wow. Okay, uh, there's a few. There's a few. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Right? I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. And so we justify excluding the, the people of God in our life, most times because of hurt, because of church hurt, right? It's very real. And, and I would encourage you, anytime you encounter that conversation, just, just start it with an apology, you know? Just, just acknowledge 
that, that the church can be incredibly messed up. And, and just apologize and then love people and walk people through a process. But, but, but that thought <clears throat> excuses this right here. Man is at the center of God's creation. The pinnacle of God's creation. Jesus left heaven for people. He, he became man for people. He lived a perfect, sinless life for people. He went to the cross for people. He died for people. He was raised for people. He ascended for people. He's at the right hand of the Father, interceding for people, for his church. He poured out his gifts on people. He poured out his spirit on people. He's coming back for his church, and we're gonna be together forever. There is no way, unless you just want to, to get around people and the church being center of God's plan and God's heart. Does that help you guys? Does that encourage you guys? It helps me because remember, we get tired, we struggle, we go, golly, Lord, is it even worth it? You know? Or, or I'm just done with that person. Like, let me, let me pick another one to focus on. Right? Come on, it's real, it's real. You know it's real. And so it can... Gosh, Father, do I have time for that? All right. This is something else that helps me. When I'm, when I'm, when I'm building a relationship with you and, and, and loving you and, and sometimes struggling with you, this thought right here helps me. Probably gonna know you 50,000 years from now. Come on, it helps me, right? But if I only go, ah, Lord, maybe like you'll move them out of the church in five years or, or, or maybe it's just 20, then... But if I go, Crystal, odds are, if I was a betting man, and I am, we'll know each other 50,000 years from now. That changes, changes things. Changes the interaction, changes, changes the investment, changes discipleship, changes honor, changes prayer, changes this love walk. Now some of you are looking at me like I'm crazy, so I'm gonna spit a couple of scriptures at you very quickly you want to look at this, write these down. Because I sat with a mom one day who had lost a daughter, and this is what she said. A pastor told me, I'll never, I'll never see her again. We won't know each other in heaven. We're going to be reset. Okay? The cloud of witnesses would say otherwise in Hebrews. The martyrs in the book of Revelation crying out, Lord, how long until you avenge our death? They're mindful of what happened here on the earth. Nothing's lost would say otherwise. Peter on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus and Moses and Elijah, hundreds of years after their death, Moses still representing the law and Elijah still representing the prophets would say otherwise. And the rich man and Lazarus in Luke 16, 19 through 31 would say otherwise. Two men that after their deaths, they saw each other, they knew each other, they remembered they had interactions about their life up on the earth, both justices and injustices. And the rich man even said, go tell my brothers about this place so they don't come here. Again, don't lose, don't lose the framework. Our love walk. 
being inspired to, to love each other well, being strengthened to, to love each other well. Why, Brandon? Because what we're building is forever. It's forever. Isn't that encouraging? Oh, my goodness. Some of you look scared right now. <laughs> it's okay. He'll, he'll shore up the weak places. Don't worry. Have courage. Let me, let me talk to you about the struggle a little bit, okay? And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run through these quickly, and so, so, so please just, just turn, turn up your hearing a little. Um, part of where we struggle is because is we have such a difficult time understanding why people struggle with what they struggle with, right? So, so we, really, we have incredible compassion for our own struggles, our own sins that we've been trying to kick for, for a year, five, 10, 20. But, but I, look at, I look at another person's sin and I go, why do, you, why do you struggle? They're like, I don't struggle with that. What's wrong with you? That's really taken you 20 years? And so, and so if, if, how do we love people well? If, if what you'll be intentional about doing, or just ask the Father about it, right? Is, is think about your hardest battle. And then just go, that's their hardest battle. So however hard you struggle with what you struggle with the most, they struggle that much right there. And it will well up compassion in you. It won't excuse sin. It won't make us lazy. It won't make us a bunch of enablers. It will just make us compassionate, right? And, and willing to walk and love and, and minister to and, 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 and buy into this process. It's such a process. <laughs> you know, another thing that's encouraged me so much, and, and again, Robert, I thank you for your leadership, is, is Matthew 25, where he's walking through and he says, Whatever you've come into the joy of your reward. I was hungry, you fed me. Thirsty, gave me, gave me a drink. Naked and in prison, you visited me. Lord, when did we do that? Whatever, whatever you've done to one of the least of these, you've done it to me. And, and, and Robert was talking to the Lord about that, that, that passage one day as far as what we do at the ministry. And, and the father interrupted him and said, when did you stop becoming one of the least of these? Change, change my life, church. Because what we get is an us and them mentality. Right? Let, let me who's way up here minister to you who's way down there. No. We're all, we're all the least of these. We're all in process together. We all need the same thing. Another encounter with the holy, loving, almighty God. And when we minister that way, laterally, we'll, they'll, they'll have so much grace on it. We'll, we'll be inspired in this love walk. You know, when Jesus says in, in John 17, I, I want you to be one as the Father and I are one, that the world may believe that, that you sent me. You know? Water in this bottle and, and water in this cup the moment, the moment this happens. There's no taking it back. Those waters are one now. They're, they're inseparable. And, and, and so oftentimes I go, Lord, have you, 
have you really called me to do that? With, with broken people. And you know what the answer is? You betcha, kiddo. Absolutely. That's what I did. Right? And so... talking about all these ways to plug in and groups and programs and all these kinds of things. It's not really groups and programs. You hear that? You miss it. It's becoming one. You want me to boil it down for you? All the way. That's it. It's becoming one. You know, we can see something beautiful in the family when it comes to yeah, I know there's dysfunction, but, but I want you to love anyway, and here's what it looks like. You know, Cheryl and I, we're about to celebrate 19 years together this year. <laughs> and bless you, Cheryl, that's right. And, uh, and, and the father said to me one day, um, Brennan, if, if something happened to to your wife, you know, if she passed away, and there was another woman who, who wanted to pursue you in marriage, and she said, you're the greatest thing, but I'm not crazy about your kids, what would your answer be? And I said, there's the door, nice knowing you, <laughs> right? It's a deal breaker. You love my kids, you love me. You hate my kids, you hate me. You're indifferent toward my kids, you're indifferent toward me. Why? We're inseparable. There's nowhere in the word of God where, where the father calls us adults of God. We're always called children. We're always called children. Every time. So he just walked me through that and then said, it's the same for me and my children. I want to inspire your love this morning. I want to encourage your love this morning. You know, what comes to mind is, is, is Aaron and her holding up the arms of, of Moses. The Father wants to give you words of truth and, and encouragement to, to do that this morning. And, and I, I really want to leave you with, with this thought. And I'm going to go a couple of minutes over here, but it's worth it. people are the only thing created in the image of God. You know, Cheryl and I moved here from Colorado. We got the Rocky Mountains out there. and Oh, they're majestic. You know, or I think of the Swiss Alps or Niagara Falls or the Grand Canyon or the jungles or there's so many to think about. The sky, the stars. None of that's made in the image of the Father. As beautiful as it is, the reefs, the oceans, the tide rolling in. That doesn't bear his image. You do. I do. None of those things that are so beautiful has he chosen to make his home, his temple. That's you. That's me. And, and that is 
is worth loving. He, he crafted you in, in the womb. He tells Jeremiah before you were born, I called you as a prophet to the nations. I'll say it this way. I love saying it this way. You're a product of his imagination. Existing in the mind of God before he chose to lay the foundation of the world. Ephesians 2.10 tells us that we were created in Christ Jesus for good works, prepared before the world began. Oh, I can, I can love people who God thinks of that way. I can sacrifice for them. I can, I can lay down for them. I can, I can be patient. I can pour in for people that that's true of. Paul says this. You're my epistles. Not written with ink, written by the Spirit of God on the human heart, read by all. It's, it's, it's amazing to me, and, and I'm so broken, but it's, he's healing me. That I'll approach this book and say, Father, I know this, you've given this to me to, to show me your character and your nature, and show me your weight, and show me your glory. But Paul says, I should approach you the same way. You're God's epistle. You're his love letter. You're his revelation. He wants to display his character and his nature through you. Here's the truth. Robert Britt, thank you, I love you. Here's the truth. Look at your thumbprint. Look at your thumbprint. You're the only one. Nobody else has it. There's like 7 billion people on the planet right now. No one has your thumbprint. For all of human history past, for all of human history present and future, no one will. If God made your thumbprint that unique, how much more your gifts, how much more your personality, how much more your mind how much more your approach and your humor and your hospitality and your mercy and your truth and your accountability and your story and your battles and your scars and your victories and what he's healed you from and the comfort you've received from the Father that he wants you to give away to someone else. How much more? You are perfectly unique for all time being conformed perfectly to the image of Jesus Christ, which means you are an expression of Christ in the world that no one else has the ability to be. See, the thing about neighbors is this, they become common. I got a neighbor, you got a neighbor, it's Al, my neighbor. Good guy. We are the furthest thing from common. We are called. We are holy. We are loved. We are unique. We are redeemed. We are gifted. You are gifted by God himself. Kim, put that picture up for me. You guys know what that is? It's called Salvatore Mundi, if I'm saying that right. 
It's a Da Vinci painting. <clears throat> I was reading something this morning, and it sold back in November of 17 for $450 million. Come up here, Bryson. This is what I'm saying this morning. Brandon, boil it all the way down. Come up here. You see this? Who's Da Vinci? Who's Da Vinci? You need to hear me. You see this painting? What is that? What is that? There is no comparison. And that's every one of us. I want to inspire your love today, church. You're rare. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. Love yourself like it. Love others the same way. You can look with me. Stand with me. I like that, Marcus. Can we lift our hands to the Father? God, we bless you. We honor you. We, we take a moment this morning. And we consider what manner of love you bestowed on us. And we should be called children of God. Father, we'll say this morning, God, I'm, I'm rare. I'm rare. There's no one like me. There's no one like you, God, but there's also no one like us, God. And we honor you in that place of uniqueness, of call, of power, of worth, of giftedness. Who is Da Vinci? Oh, wonderful creator. How wonderful are your works, and that my soul knows very well. We honor you this morning. We won't fight you here, God. We want peace here, God. Empower us by your spirit to love ourselves. Even with brokenness, even with the past. I love them, Brandon. We'll let your voice be louder. Help us love people you love so much.